2: Welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. I am your host, JP John Paz. And today, we are going back to the well one more time for Who is Mr. WrestleMania Part 4? It has done so well, and we've been so happy with it. There had to be a Part 4. Tying up some loose ends. Yes, we did find out who Mr. WrestleMania was, and perhaps it never changed. But today, we're going to find out some other things like best feuds, best moments, best memories... And the worst of all time for WrestleMania. Joining me, of course, is Mr. WrestleMania Wrap Up himself, Mr. HMG Rick. What's going on?
1: Pause. Thank you, sir. Yes, you are right. That is the art of the beat to the V. Richard Bronson Victory. Hey, you know what? So much fun. We had to. We had to come back for more. It's part four of our Mr. WrestleMania talk, but we got the uh, the unique twist, as you said. Pause. We're gonna. We're going to kind of spin off into some other categories and look at the great moments and, and maybe not so great performers
2: and moments of WrestleMania. Of course, joining us, the third man in the booth, Mr. Triple Mania himself, the doctor, Michael Jargo. Jargo, how you
0: doing? I'm doing, man. This is great. I think this is uh, actually the first podcast that I've done since the last time we sat down to podcast, which doesn't happen to me very often. Uh, so I'm happy to be on here, blow off a little bit of steam and talk about some uh, WrestleMania botches. And we're out here killing the town, man. You know, like we, we had our three match series. Everything went great. What the hell? Let's go back to the well one more
2: time. Why not? Right. You to try to make that one extra you know, bit of money shake those uh, those pants loose and, and get that last penny out of that pocket but i feel like you gotta talk when you're talking about wrestlemania we're talking about the best who is mr wrestlemania who did it best who had the best matches who stood out the most we're talking hogan we're talking Shawn michaels then we're gonna want to talk about who is the worst and that always kind of comes up where the good comes the bad and i want to start out with somebody that i absolutely think is the absolute worst in the history of WrestleMania. Maybe you guys will agree. Maybe you guys won't. Rick, I know you're going to disagree with us because that's just the way you are, but you definitely will. Triple H. I just got to throw his name out there. First guy I think of when I think of worst ever at Mania. And people are going to say, oh, he's such a big name. Oh, he's from the Attitude Era. Oh, he's got such star power and he's got charisma and he's got the quality he was always in a great political spot was always kind of put into matches with guys that maybe he shouldn't have been in there with or guys way above him. That kind of made it seem like he was more important than he is. And then when those young guys came up, those were the guys he was dying to work with Allah. So a got hot, wanted to work with them, Batista, Daniel Bryan, Orton, the list goes on and on. But to me, people can also throw it out there like, Oh, but he was the star from the era before he, you know those new guys have to beat that star, and they get elevated even further. I don't know. To me, it, it's it's one of those things where I kind of go with the uh, the former rather than the latter, thinking that he was just in it to try to get himself over. But let's start with Rick because I know he's going to disagree. Triple H is he the worst WrestleMania performer of all time?
1: I, I, even when we when you had the run here and we were talking about the topics we're going to cover, it, that worst stuck out to me. Is that a bit too harsh as if we're describing? So especially like Triple H. Uh, and worse, maybe uh, I don't know, underwhelming, okay. lackluster. Maybe he didn't really steal the spotlight, but you know Triple H has had that long running, you, you know, kind of just that stigma with him, where he's been the guy to work with the guys, and, and it does take two to the dance. And, and Triple H, you ask any of them, uh, he he's magnificent inside of that ring, but I think there's what really stings is. I believe he's even got a, like a losing record at WrestleMania, but that, that's here there because he's he's always trying to make him put himself over, or you know, play that hand where he can get his way and get those what would we would believe to be marquee wins. But since he wasn't really such the guy, such the focal point for some fans, yeah, it's it's gonna sting. It's gonna leave a little sour taste in their mouth there. But but the calling the worst. I I, I think that it, that's an injustice. It, but I do want to say here. Has there been anybody in professional wrestling that has played the political game better than Triple H? And I know he ran with the click. We talked about Shawn Michaels to WrestleMania where he learned how to play this game. Even even people like Hulk Hogan, who had ultimate control over his career, what was happening. Has anyone done it better than Triple H? I mean, hell, he, he, he played the game so well, he politically placed himself into the pants of the biggest names in the company, the McMahon's. So when we look at his WrestleMania runs, yes, we kind of lived those as fans. We're disappointed in those, but to the winner goes to spoils. He's going to write a narrative in ten years when you flip a fan base when they weren't really watching, feeling those at the moment, and you're you're getting the the documentaries through through A and E, through the cock, through whatever the outlets might be there. People are going to look back and they're going to be talking about Triple H as one of the greatest you know WrestleMania performers.
0: Wait, are we, are we referring to Peacock as simply the cock now? Because yes, cock. I love that. I love that. Yeah, that's going to stick. Um, Rick, I will give you two reasons why Triple H is the worst WrestleMania performer in all of history. Number one, his shining moment, his crowning achievement, his best WrestleMania match. He was the third wheel. That match was about The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. It had absolutely nothing to do with Triple H. He had to weasel his way somehow into that. That was his finest moment at WrestleMania, as far as I am concerned. What was his worst moment at WrestleMania? What is the worst moment in all of WrestleMania history? Uh, I Triple guess- H going over Sting? I mean, come on, dude. Like that, that is the one that solidifies triple H as the worst, just the absolute worst. It's not about, you know, his quality inside of the ring. It's not about the win loss record. It's not about the opponents he was in there with. He is just the worst. He is the absolute freaking worst.
1: Why
2: go over there? Makes no sense
1: do you do you really think i mean i'm sure you know he's going along playing he's not going to turn down that moment there you know is that one really on Triple H? I gotta believe that's yes i gotta believe that's more on vince at that point there is no way that a wcw guy that's never been in my ring in my company is going to come in here on this stage and beat our guys there's
0: no way if i am triple h even if vince says to me yeah we're gonna push you over the stinger If I'm Triple H, I come out and I say, Vince, you can't, you cannot do that.
1: They may have have had those conversations. Why isn't? Why wasn't everyone else lining up to change this thing? There is, you know, but we were talking about telling you know stories about the Macho Man when we recovered his resume here and, and the viewpoint there from Pat Patterson of what? No, you you're a former WWF champion. You don't sell for Dusty Rhodes. We're talking about yeah. the American dream and they completely dismissed that. You think they give two craps about an age, 10 years out of his prime sting on what plane of existence, what is the
0: justification for triple H going over sting? Because I cannot think of one, not one justification. For
2: they don't H make, going over sting. They don't want to make
1: money with sting. And it's been it's Which been no widely re, it's been widely recognized and reported across all the sheets from multiple inside sources that Vince does not has not seen money and sting. Well, that,
0: that's pretty clear. I mean, he was, you know, the number one guy in the rival territory that almost put Vince out of business. So I mean there, there's a little bit of personal animosity there. I, that,
1: and that's what you're going to get. Now, I'm not justifying the call. I absolutely agree it was beyond wrong that should have been a moment because inside of itself you didn't really have business going forward it was a spectacle at Wrestlemania that should have been a moment for fans
0: any business you did have going forward you killed when you had Triple H beat Sting
1: I got bigger issues with that match. Whoever the hell decided it was okay to hug it out after you smack someone in the head with a sledgehammer, another barrier. That that's different. He you know, and then, you know, outside of the sting moment, yeah. I mean, I can't justify the actual decision. I'm just trying to rationalize what their conversations were going on backstage. You know, to me, the biggest the biggest I don't know, hiccup mistake that they made with them is it should have been Booker T's moment and they decided to go with Triple H there.
0: Yeah, no, I I completely agree with that too. I mean, it's just Triple H is the worst. I mean, he is just absolutely the freaking worst.
2: It's another WCW guy that so, they don't want to go over. But still, I mean, is there no?
1: And I think and a, that's and that's what that is again here.
0: Well, and, and and let's you know throw out the other part of the equation too, especially at that time specifically. It was a black WCW superstar. Like, there ain't no way he's beaten
2: Triple H at WrestleMania. And they made the storyline about race, too. So you're yep. like, okay, Booker T has to win. because no. then it, And then he looks even worse if he lost. And then, of
1: course, he loses. And that's, that, is, that plays into a bigger mistake There is, you, I mean, you're, you're, you're just playing the cheap shots there, toying with your audience, you know, really, really testing their intelligence there. Uh, and that was a slap in the face. I mean, what? I mean, do we give him credit for any certain moments? You know,
2: uh, the Daniel Bryan. No. No. <laughs> no, he gets no credit for that
0: he whatsoever.
2: Was dying to inject himself in there because Daniel Bryan is getting so over. How how could I get myself in? And the best part of that is the B player, the B plus player stuff that he said is a line from Dave Meltzer about him which a lot of people didn't realize. So Dave Meltzer said Triple H is a great B-plus player. Triple H never forgot that, took it, put it in the storyline, and now Daniel Bryan, you are a B-plus player. I just thought that was so unique, and it just showed you Triple H, very insecure guy, and from all accounts of all the wrestlers I spoke with, one of the most insecure guys out there. It's always trying to protect the It's protected spot. If Dana Bryan's getting over, I got to inject myself in there. I want to get over with this guy and use that. And sure, it, it may make sense and we'll make it have sense to storyline. CM Punk quit because he didn't want to wrestle me, basically. I'll inject myself to the most popular guy in the company, the most popular guy we probably had in years, and I'll put him over and I'll make it look like I've been a part of pu- pushing him the entire time, even though I tried to squish him numerous, numerous occasions.
0: And why did punk not want to wrestle him?
2: It wasn't big enough of a name. He said to what he deserved.
0: And think of how hot punk was at that time. I mean, my God, but you know, you know, triple H would have went over punk too.
2: Oh, (laughs) <laughs> no doubt about it. I mean, remember, remember years before when they had that match uh, in 2011 when Punk was on that streak, and, and he was uh, right before he was about to get the world title from Del Rio at Survivor Series. He lost to Triple H in that weird friggin' match, yeah, like I out mean, of it's... nowhere, like.
0: And I'm a Triple H fan. I like Triple H as like the character, the performer, like the the whole like. Overdone entrance thing, and how much money is Hunter and Stephanie going to spend on on this year's entrance? Like, I look forward to that stuff, but I mean, I, come on, Triple H is the worst. Just absolutely, he's the worst. And, and just to and- throw,
2: just throw this out, sorry to cut you off. Just before I forget, throw this out there: WrestleMania 31 against Sting, Hall and Nash, who are Triple H's best buddies, and didn't know the finish, were completely shocked, and they both said in interviews. Why the hell didn't Sting go over? The wrong guy went over. Who, who booked this? They were kind of blaming Vince totally, but they were also burying Triple H, saying like, dude, come on. Why the hell did you win that match? Like, what? And then they said, obviously, just trying to make WCW look bad and, and kill them off. But he, and then Hogan was even saying, he's like, wow, I was shocked by that one. So no, nobody involved in that match was happy. So Triple H does it again. Again, you know, 10 years when we
1: have a a new cycle of fans that they're watching these documentaries, that narrative, I think, is going to change.
0: He's going to be Ric Flair. That's what's going to... He's going to become Ric Flair. Like it blows my mind when I see all the adoration and all this love for Ric Flair, all these years after his career ended, you know, the 16 time. And it's like, well, you do realize he like cheated his ass off to win at least 14 of them. Like Ric Flair was not like this ever popular baby face that everybody loved. He wasn't Hulk Hogan. And yet he's presented. Like he's just this adored figure throughout pro wrestling history. And it's like, he was the dirtiest player in the game like we nobody liked rick flair unless you were a dickhead who was just trying to be a contrarian
1: like myself
0: oh. you know what i mean like i was gonna say i like rick flair well yeah but you know what i, I mean spell, like, i spell my name the, <laughs> the, the way K because of rick flair the way that they frame rick flair now versus rick flair's framing in i don't know like 1986 it's just it, it it blows my mind, and Hunter's gonna be Ric Flair. Like he's gonna be reflected. Oh, we when you talk about the greatest of all time, uh, you gotta talk about uh, Triple H. Uh, no, no, we don't, because you're nowhere near that conversation. I don't care how many world championships you book yourself to win.
2: Come on, and just throw in the fact that okay, he's ten and twelve kayfabe wise record wise. At WrestleMania, somehow, some way, and it's insane to even comprehend that seven main events, one behind Hulk freaking Hogan, who had eight, (laughs) like seven main events for this. It's like, holy shit, what? So you just look at it, okay? The four way is, well, we'll just go. WrestleMania 12, lost to Warrior. Thank God it was a squash. That whole thing in the shower is fucking hilarious. Uh, Oh, the match is going 10 minutes, blah, blah. Um, I guess, you know, Warrior, maybe Pat Patterson, whoever is there, he goes, nope. You hit your finish, I kick out, I hit my finish, it's over, we'll be done in a minute. Okay, <laughs> great, Break. great, okay. Then he beats Goldust at thir- uh WrestleMania 13, WrestleMania 14, he gets Owen, he gets the win. Kind of disappointing that one, because Owen should have won, and they should have gave Owen a push. Another that one That match should have rid- been better than it was, too. And I agree. I know it was like, I think it was 10 or 12 minutes, so it had length to it, which could have been good. But I don't know, something about H at that point, he wasn't clicking. He just wasn't good. And you know, Owen is, I mean, he's great, but that match just didn't do anything for me. WrestleMania 15, they're alive and in the color versus Kane and lost by a DQ. Match sucked. WrestleMania 16, that match absolutely terrible. That four away with Foley the Rock and Big Show hated it. Him going over just makes no sense. So we're continuing to see a pattern here. Shouldn't have beat Owen, shouldn't have won this match. Now, wait,
0: just for context purposes, mm-hmm. at what point in Hunter's WrestleMania career did he marry Stephanie? Like, when did that happen? Was, it was that 14 to 15?
2: No, I believe it was 16. I believe was it 16. Okay. I believe so. Somewhere well, around 2000. Well, you've got,
1: you know, you've already got the political machine pushing him. And now that he's kind of on his own here, he's really learning how to play that field. So, I mean, we don't know how long it had been going on with Stephanie before it was actually revealed.
2: Well, he was cheating on China. Let's put just yeah put that out yeah. there, and they were still dating. I believe it was ninety nine ish. I want to say so that would be WrestleMania fifteen. WrestleMania yeah. sixteen. I believe is when him and Stephanie are definitely together. And then he starts getting the monster monster push. They liked him anyway. I mean, he was definitely on that trajectory to get the push. Him and the Rock were kind of coming up together. Obviously, the Rock basically ran a mile and lapped him and and kept going up that mountain way higher than him but still you know he's the guy that was going to be the rock's counterpart in a feud
0: well and hunter did take a lot of the crap for the curtain
2: call too yep yep.
0: i mean like where where hunter was you know circa 15 16 could have varied greatly
2: if that moment never happens inside of the garden so basically after 16, which is a horrible win. Then 17 versus The Undertaker, which is a great match. I like that match. Um, 18 versus Jericho. Really, really disappointing. He gets the win, of course. Ended up losing the title a month later to the Hulkster. But just for the fact that Hogan and Rock did main event and so many fans left <laughs> after that match shows you everything you need to know. Oh, I guess this guy Triple H wasn't necessarily a star we thought he was going to be that big pop at MSG was a little bit manufactured by the U2 song. And those fans are, are, are great fans, but they definitely got, well, they fell into the hype. There's no doubt about that. Then you think about it. Okay. This guy fell off. He's just not a good baby face. That few at Jericho sucked the match at many had sucked. So then they go to Hogan, Hogan wins the title, the political master that he is and goes on. And, and the rest is history there. But then 19, like we mentioned inexplicably beat Booker T Decent match, but horrible finish and just absolutely terrible. 20 is what I think is possibly his best match with HBK and Benoit. I could have been in there with those two guys and it would have been considered, you know, almost a five star classic. So let's not give him too much credit. But the crowd loved the fact that he was the one that tapped out to Benoit at the end. Um, Stop me anywhere you guys want as far as thinking if I'm wrong on anything or, or if you guys are thinking Triple H is better than, than I'm perceiving him to be. The,
0: the, the problem with that match is Benoit is in it. And so nobody talks about that match. That match doesn't get nearly the acclaim that it should, let alone inside of its context, just because Benoit was in it. But I agree, that might be... That, that one's pretty close to my top of the list when it comes to Triple H matches in general.
2: So 21, he loses to Batista. Good storyline. This is a really well done, good storyline. It was weird that the Orton push didn't quite work out at this point, but Batista got over big time. I thought this was good. Main event level um, WrestleMania match? No. Uh, it, <laughs> quite frankly, just, it wasn't. It was a very basic match.
0: Batista's another one of those guys that, like, if you talk about WrestleMania disappointments, Batista's got to be on that short list. Yeah. I would I say, you know, just, you know,
1: that visual there of what you're looking for, just that, that grab, what is, you know, put eyes on your, your marketing going into something, a visual like Triple H and Batista, that inside of itself, I mean, that's, that's pro wrestling right there. I mean, those put are two, two gladiators, larger than like figures. I mean, it looks tremendous, but like you said, I mean, just especially with other things going on, it was
2: quite underwhelming. The feud and the buildup was great, though. I, I, I liked everything about it the thumbs up, thumbs down, the, the him winning the rumble, the whole thing. I thought it was the setup was great, and evolution was, was a good faction. Each guy played their role well. I just um, think that could have been Chuck Palumbo.
0: I, I no, feel like, yeah, that's who it was. <laughs> the, the, the problem to me with Batista is he always felt like he was just playing a part, like, I you never felt like he fully bought into it. You know
2: what I mean. And they were putting everything, they're putting all the chips, making him WrestleMania 21 main event. That was a big, you know, WrestleMania at that time. Big time. I, I, I think Batista
0: was so worried about what other people thought of him. You know what I mean? Like he was he would always like hold back just a little bit because he didn't want one of his friends to see him do something stupid on TV and call him about it later. <laughs> like he he just he seemed like he's that kind of guy, where he, he was is. just never all
2: in. Did you see the picture of him recently, guys?
0: No, I guess not.
2: He's standing next to Bobby Lashley. He looks like a toothpick next to him. I don't know how or why or what's going on there, but Lashley basically looks like a monster, and uh, Batista looks skinny as hell. I don't know what's going on there. Batista's not getting that Florida water. Yeah. Well,
0: it, it also he could be slimming down for a roll or something, too. But...
2: Could
1: be, could be. Yep. I just
2: thought it was funny. I was like, wow, is Lashley that big or is he that small?
1: Well, there, there are a lot of stories coming back from OVW that you know, they they had to be very careful when they were crafting Batista for a lot of the reasons that Jarko had mentioned there. You know, it took a lot of convincing and, and really coaching him to understand some things and how he should handle himself as a big man. Uh But yeah, I mean that that was kind of from his even coming in, you know. So maybe it's something that's just stuck with him for so long.
0: Because yeah, I mean, charismatic as hell, though. And when you look at him, he should be like if Vince McMahon was gonna draw up like his favorite professional wrestler. Yeah, it's it's freaking Dave Batista, right? It I mean, looks, look looks at like the warrior guy. with
2: tattoos. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He was th- he was the perfect guy for Vince. It was just he was never quite all in, you know, and Batista might have thought that he was all in, but he wasn't, you know. And we see that in sports all the time. Kyle Kuzma, Kyle freaking Kuzma. I don't think there's one player in NBA history that has pissed me off more consistently than Kyle Kuzma because I see the potential. I see how good he could be if he would just dedicate himself to playing basketball instead of tapping Kardashian ass. Good for him. Um, Take it to
2: the hole. (laughs) batista though to me he could definitely be on that that list of who's the worst ever at mania but to me very charismatic guy i feel like he had it but you're right he wasn't able to kind of fully execute it it's it's so interesting it's and almost like no connection like, like yeah. i never felt connected to batista it's almost like luger when he was in wbf wcw yes. great comparison luger, but luger in the wbf is that same guy he couldn't connect something yep. was something there's like a door just well, it doesn't help that fun. you go from the
0: narcissist to the Lex
2: Express, like. Yeah. Yeah. But Batista, he had he had the tools though. I mean, to, to yeah. get him there it just wasn't there. Uh, so basically, Triple H loses to Batista, then he loses to Cena the year after at twenty two. I didn't mind the match. I kind of liked it. It's very basic, but the crowd is so into it, it kind of makes up for the basicness of the match. And it was good. It was like nice little thing to get Cena over. You know, he beat. Bradshaw the year before and then this year he beats him So kind of gets him over the mountain 23, the rumor was that he was supposed to Face Cena again and get the win If that was true, that is the stupidest thing ever and the most ridiculous bullshit I've ever heard. Cena is your guy. You don't put him back in there with this frigging guy who who buries guys, and they literally have pictures of all the guys that he buried in in a uh, cemetery. You know, you got Scott Steiner and Booker T and Sting, everybody's tombstone. can't put Cena's tombstone in there. He's an up-and-coming guy that you put make money. So that would have been a horrible decision. Golden shovel
0: on a pole match. John Cena versus Triple H.
2: There you go. Sit on it. But that would have been horrible if true. But thank God I, he was, I, I, I even God he was injured and that didn't happen. Thank God. You
1: know, as I'm sitting here looking through some of these WrestleManias and, and during this run here, it, again, I hate to say worse, but underwhelming, especially for the position
2: he was in. Does Cena even, does he enter this conversation? Hmm. We were talking about him a few weeks ago, Johnny, because he had all those main five main events and stuff. But, yeah, he, he's been it's sometimes a little underwhelming at Mania, for sure
0: and and rick this is where the difference between the two of us and our taste in professional wrestling come in right because cena more than any other character well maybe hogan where you you look at it was all about the character work it was all about the microphone it was how hot the match was going into it you knew you were going to get the five moves of doom and that was about it right But when it comes to WrestleMania, when it comes to that biggest show of the year, I don't need John Cena to go out and put on five star matches all year. But at WrestleMania, it would be nice if you know the number one guy in the company could go out and put on like I don't know four star matches instead of like two and
1: a half star matches. But that that's kind of what you got out of John Cena. I'm even looking, you know, from from you know what how I critique my grading scale here is about those builds. It's about those those hot programs coming in it's it's about the you know the personas but then as I sit down, especially the last you know month so we've been like seriously reflecting on Wrestlemania's here I look for those and I know we're going to get to those those wow moments that are going to last with you forever I don't know if I really have any with Cena no that's that's the thing about Cena man
0: and that's why we, we sat down we had that conversation with Dr. Tom Pritchard you know and then we we did a whole episode of turnbuckle talk i think it was where we we talked about john cena and john yeah. cena's legacy yeah. i don't even know how to rank john cena over the course of professional wrestling history he's such an interesting character and in how history is going to look back on john cena cuz i really don't know
2: so when you think about triple h and what he's been able to accomplish in his career Great guy as far as physique-wise and like what WWF wants. He's like that kind of prototypical look to him. Wrestling-wise, he thinks he's flyer. He thinks he's hardly raced. Not quite there. Wasn't that that good of a worker. So let's go to WrestleMania 24. Him versus Cena and Orton gets the loss there. 25 versus Orton. So many people want to say this match is one of the worst ever in WrestleMania history. That match, and Cena and Miz definitely is up there for me. But Orton versus Triple H at WrestleMania 25 to end the show is one of the worst matches I've ever seen. And when you put it at a main event of WrestleMania, that just heightens it even further because you have certain expectation. They started off the match with both of their finishers. I was like, what the like working backwards. I'm like, what is this? And then all of a sudden, boom, the match is over. So I guess other matches went long. Who knows if uh, taker Michaels earlier night that went long or something, but they had to cut that match. And it was just over just like that. I was like, holy shit. What a disappointment! point was like triple H continues to disappoint. I mean, there's been really no matches where he's not, in there with a a Michaels or a Benoit or Undertaker, somebody of that ilk where he's having great matches. I mean, it's just crazy to me. And it's so
0: interesting to me that when you look back throughout Hunter's career, his best opponents and his closest friends are like opposites. You know what I mean? Like anybody that you know that Hunter ran with backstage, whether it's Batista, whether it's Orton, with the exception of HBK, it was a, he just had no kind of
2: chemistry with inside of the ring. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And then the next year, he fights Sheamus at 26, gets the win. I was thinking maybe Sheamus, who they were trying to push big time, like kind of needed that win. Yep, and then, absolutely. Call me crazy on this. After this loss, Sheamus didn't recover for a while, it seemed like. You can make a case that he's
1: never recovered.
2: <laughs> I was going to yeah. say, did he ever get back to the heights that they had
1: hoped for? I mean, you, you see that early push, and what was and what was all the heat on Sheamus then too for getting catching fire so early? Oh, he's a Triple H guy. Mm-hmm. That that remember back, that was all the heat on him. There's only reason he's getting this so quick, you know. And, and then, and in the same breath, fans are speaking out of the other side of their mouth. Oh, we need new talent. We need somebody to get an opportunity. But as long as it's not a Triple H guy,
2: <laughs> right? Yep. So 27 and 28 both losses to Undertaker. Again, 27. And call me crazy. My brother's saying the same thing. It's one of the worst matches I've ever seen. I just absolutely hated at the time. They're both clearly injured. So mm-hmm. I know you want Undertaker on the card, and I know I guess Vince or you know whoever, you've got to have Triple H in the card because he does have a name value and he does have some cachet because he did work all the top guys, and he was part of the Attitude era and he was champ for a while in the McMahon Hamsey era. But man. If the guy's hurt, do not put him on the damn card. 27, the match is so bad. And even Vince, you hear, heard from a lot of people. I think the story came out recently. Vince hated this match. Hated the finish. Hated everything about it. Said it was just terrible. Uh, maybe he didn't realize how injured those two guys were. But 27 is really, really disappointing. I think that's a matter of Vince kind of being out
0: of touch. Because I think I think we all knew going into it, like, How are these two guys going to go out there and have a WrestleMania quality match? Because it it was quite obvious that they were not healthy going into it. It it was too much pressure on those guys' shoulders. The problem is when you look at the rest of the card, they needed that match on the card.
2: Such a bad show. Yep. So uh, 28, like you mentioned before, good match with HPK, Undertaker and LSL. Not so much a Triple H, even though he's involved, but basically taking the thunder, which is his thing, what he does, the thunder of those two epic matches with HBK and Undertaker and saying it's a four-year feud and trying to transfer it over, dude, it's not. It was It was you trying to t- take some shine off of, of that feud and try to bring it onto yourself.
0: And it infuriates me that Hunter still has the picture of the three of them up on the ramp for for kind of like that, the new curtain call, right? as they're getting ready to exit it's
1: the, the end of an era.
0: Yeah. The yeah. end of an era. Yeah. yeah. Hunter still has that up and it's like, motherfucker, you shouldn't have even been in that match. Like th- this had nothing to do with you. This is, this is a perfect example of just, Oh, that's a really good. Uh, I got to get in on that. Uh, you know? And
2: it's yeah. Oh, just infuriating. So this is going to piss you off again. 29. Lesnar's big return. He's back. He's back at mania. Triple H freaking wins. Summerslam was a good match because Lesnar went over and basically killed him and said your career is over, you Then they have this match, which shouldn't have been that career ending thing. They should have just had the match. Lesnar should go over Mania. Then you have the career stipulation on the cage match, and then he can escape the cage and win that way. So you keep Lesnar strong, but they do it completely opposite. The committee screwed up. Of course, Triple H has to get the win at Mania, like. What the fuck again? The
0: Triple hilarious part—it's—it's
2: it's running Triple a narrative.
0: H, he's tri- Triple H. I want to be an underdog uh, babyface. Uh, <laughs> like no, you're Triple H. It doesn't work, dude. Does yeah. not work. Triple H, the
2: underdog babyface. Come on. You know it's crazy. Rick is over there thinking, man. I love the fact that he went over Lesnar here. Look, you're crazy. <laughs> No, no, no. But I mean, but where, why, and where does he get that win? Okay,
1: no, you know, in ten years, how often do we talk about who? Remember that SummerSlam, that best of SummerSlam? No. <laughs> in that narrative that he is going to control. I mean, hell, in ten years, pause. You might be sitting on a pile of money. They they might own the Two Man Power Trip library, and this whole conversation is going to be erased.
2: Yep. True. Very true. Good. Except good for app. me.
1: Except for me talking. Yeah, say, it'll, it'll, it'll be the RBV show. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, WrestleMania 30, like we mentioned, versus Daniel Bryan. Great match. Great opener. One of the best openers. He gets the loss, but really, I mean, you see he comes back out at the end of the show. I know they're making it the authority versus Daniel Bryan and that whole thing. The real story was obviously about Bryan winning the title. He interjected himself right in the middle of it because he saw Bryan's star rising and he had to be a part of it. We talked about that a little bit. Then Sting, of course, he gets to win. We talked about that before. Worst decision ever. Worst, worst idea ever. Sting comes out with this little entrance, You're like, oh, okay, that's kind of cute. He then Triple H comes out as the fucking Terminator. Like, <laughs> what the hell is going on here? The totally. Up, versus the Terminator. Totally trying to upstage. Remember they had the uh, the Japanese drum, the drum playing and stuff. Man, like it was very low key, and then all of a sudden he comes out as the Terminator. totally totally trying to upstage him everyone saw right through that and anybody that didn't is just kidding themselves they were obviously trying to say wfb and wcw they obviously didn't care about making money with sting even though they could have or you build them up to the program i mean they just make no sense pretty dumb then wrestlemania 32 and they lost to roman reigns match is not that great the match was way too long triple h injected himself again, into a match he shouldn't have been a part of. I realize there was a lot of injuries and he stepped up, but how funny is it that he gets to win the title of the Royal Rumble that year and be the main event of WrestleMania as champion when he is nowhere near his prime anymore and shouldn't have been anywhere near a main event. Would
1: would fans be as upset over that Sting loss had it come at the hands of The Undertaker? No, No. hell no. That would have been fine. I would expect to that. So just because it's Triple H, it is... Uh, you know, Sonny in law, the, the politician.
0: Yeah, because I mean, really, it, that was Vince versus WCW. It was just that Triple H was kind of the stand-in for Vince because, and and I think throughout his entire career, I think we we know that Triple H's office, we view Triple H's office, and it was clearly a WWE versus WCW thing. It should have been Undertaker versus Sting. I mean, that's that's the match everybody
1: wanted. Well, I think that's that's probably where the issue lies because they didn't get the the, the ultimate dream match. It, 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 to me, that's that's as big as a swing and a miss. And I don't care for, you know, we didn't think they'd work well together. I know Vince didn't think that they would actually sell, which is, come on, it's absolute <laughs> BS. Yeah. You know, it, it it's right up there when they didn't give us Hogan and Flair at WrestleMania. Yep.
2: Absolutely. Yep, big disappointment. And 27, going back to why I hate that so much. Remember that awesome video that they had of Undertaker? Somebody was watching him. Somebody was stalking him. Okay, it's Sting. They're gonna make those letters. Remember, they had those letters. They're gonna make it make sense. It's gonna turn into Sting or something cool. And then it's like Triple H. You're like, "Are you fucking kidding?" Like, really? Triple H? Like, who gives really? two shits? Like, goddamn! Like, what a disappointment. And then they're It both was injured. me, Austin. It was me oh. yeah. Horrible. Actually, that moment was great because if I was watching Nitro at the time, and Bischoff literally goes, uh, "The higher power." His initials are VKM. Don't even need to watch it. <laughs> He just gave it away on on TV. You you know who the higher power was supposed to be? Christopher Daniel.
0: Yeah. How badass would that have been? I like CD in that role. The only problem is, I guess Vince met CD before all that and And, and was like, holy crap, where's the rest of him?
1: I I had just thought, I was thinking about this yesterday, why it was on my mind. and, And I was kind of playing out that visual and you know how odd that would have looked if you had him come out because the rest of that ministry, there were some big dudes. Yeah. I'm actually the smallest guy was like 6'3". Oh yeah. CD would have been the smallest one by it, far. And here's, and, by here's far. What, and here's how I made it make sense in my mind, though, because it, it was actually just two days ago, it was on the fourth. So it was Star Wars Day. So I was even thinking, you know, you do have all the you know the all of these badass dudes around, but then if you could present Daniels that time ta- that time like the emperor. Where somehow he you know he is a little bit small, he looks weaker, but he somehow he's got this manipulative control over them. If you could present that right now, I don't trust that they could have done that, but not maybe back then. Maybe back then. You know who it should have been. Who's that?
2: Jake the Snake Roberts. Ooh, that would have been good. Would have made sense. Where, he's manipulative.
1: Was, yeah, but where was uh, where was Jake at mentally, mentally yeah. at that point? Yep. <laughs> um
0: yeah, not not in a good place. But yeah, I mean, especially the it was me, Austin. It was me all along. That would have been perfect for Jake going all the way back to uh, King of the Ring.
2: Yeah, would have made and Undertaker's relationship yeah. with him. It would have made per- perfect sense uh, to me. Would have been great. It would have been great, yeah, it
1: have been great stuff. Oh, could have had the rattlesnake getting bit by a snake.
2: Yeah. Ooh,
0: yeah, yeah. rattlesnake versus rattlesnake.
2: Ooh, I like that. So just to finish off Triple H, he loses to Rollins at 33, another thing where he's trying to put the young guy over. Uh, 34, Angle and Ronda Rousey beat him and Stephanie. Of course, interjects into the, another big star, Ronda being that big star. They were trying to get The Rock in there, and then they kind of settled with Angle. Not really settling, still a big name, and huge star. Then finally, WrestleMania 35, he beat Batista in a really disappointing match, from my view. Didn't enjoy that at all. And that was his WrestleMania he run, seven main events, 10 and 12 career record, arguably the worst. And not only because of the match quality that he was able to not deliver on, the fact that so many of these matches he should not have won. And you could literally probably point to at least, let's see, one, two, three, four, <laughs> five. <laughs> There's like four or five matches. They're just like, for like, why? I know Orton, oh, the storyline, Orton was kicking everybody in the head he needs to win. Orton still should have won. They still should have won. Sheamus should have won. Uh, staying should have won. Uh, I, I was the, just the Rock. The Rock should have won. Owen should have won. I mean, the list goes on it, and on.
0: When you look at the losses that Hunter has taken at WrestleMania, how many of those matches would Hunter say,
2: "Yeah, I, that's
0: when he got over. is when he beat me."
2: Hundred percent. That's why he did it. Yep. Daniel Bryan, he's taking credit for Cena. He took credit for Batista. He's taking credit for <laughs> Rollins. Rollins no, really I, I he, over, he, he took he,
1: credit for the Warrior. <laughs>
2: <laughs> probably, probably would. The rebirth of the word. He, he was nothing would. until he beat a Mia. <laughs> so Triple H is definitely on that list. You mentioned before Batista. I'm going to throw out there just because... I, I don't think it's a disappointment, but can't remember too many great matches per se. Maybe some good memories, but Kane has got to be up there. Just, just didn't have the. He's been around forever. Just didn't have those memorable no, moments. When we, when I wouldn't put him some, in a like, worst list,
1: though. I say when we get into someone like like Kane, that's where I, I take issue with this worst. Uh, right. You know, underwhelming, right. you. underwhelming, underwhelming when it comes to someone like Kane. It is and I, I go throw another major underwhelming name out there. Because I mean, the guy is a moment machine. Highlight, you know, just real after real, but really didn't have what a WrestleMania is Foley.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, to go back even a bit further, one of mine, and I cannot remember like a huge WrestleMania moment, and he absolutely should have had at least three or four. It's Kurt Henning. Yeah, I mean his WrestleMania matches just incredibly underwhelming i love mr perfect but he never really got that platform or made that platform what it should have been
2: the miz has got to be up there wrestlemania 27 alone it's well, got to be on just, the pantheon of just like
0: <laughs> holy shit if, if 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 the most over your head award was a thing that would that would clearly go to mike Mazin. I mean, he was not ready for that spot. No. He had no business being in that spot at WrestleMania. You know what I mean? Like, you could have done that any other time throughout the year, and it would have been ridiculous. But at WrestleMania, like, no, you can't do
1: that. You know what, though? I, I do want to give Miz credit on that. I mean, whoever you put in that spot, when we talk about times of Triple H being that third wheel. I mean, this is the this is the ultimate pro wrestling third wheel here. Yeah, you're, you're a total filler, and he made the absolute most out of that. The whatever little shine he could get from that.
2: And, and, and
1: look, and, and look what he's been able
2: to do since then. They should have put Punk in that spot.
1: Yeah, should have been Punk, you, you know, the outrage it, that probably would have infuriated Punk even further beyond that, knowing that he had to be that. I mean, that's the, like you got three guys riding in a minivan. And Paz, you're driving. Jargo, you're in a passenger seat. You guys make me sit in the way back. I mean, that's how much he was out of this thing. Yeah, Ricky can't right. even sit on the middle bench. Get in
2: the yeah, back. right? Going to throw out there another name, Mark Henry. He's very, very disappointing at Mania. Never enjoyed anything. The story with uh, WrestleMania 29, he was sleeping in the back before the match. Ryback kind of revealed that. The funny thing to me is like, okay, that's silly. Mark Henry did not deny it. <laughs> so I guess it is true that he was sleeping. I was taking a nap beforehand. Hey,
1: you know what? Uh, WrestleMania weekend takes a lot out of you. If you, if that's a, if you got a couple minutes, maybe, maybe he was just meditating. He was so in the zone.
0: Well, I mean, you're on right. the, on the other hand, right? If you're going to talk about, you know, Mark Henry sleeping backstage, um one of the the best like behind the scenes WrestleMania moments. I mean, Rusev, Tank, Lana, I mean, like that's one of the greatest WrestleMania stories ever. Like, Rusev had sex with his wife in a tank before coming out to wrestle John Cena at WrestleMania.
1: Like, that's that's pretty badass, dude. Before coming out, he was coming in.
2: There you go. Mm, nice, nice. Uh, gotta throw this guy out there, even though I really, really didn't want to. But I have to do it. Jargo's favorite wrestler of all time, Barack Lesnar. Not the fact that he was so bad or considered worse or underwhelming. There was some matches, though, that pop up when you think of, like, some of the worst moments in WrestleMania history. The Goldberg match, WrestleMania 20 MSG. I know those fans are relentless. I know they're tough. But, man, you expected so much more out of that match.
0: Those two guys, they were set up to fail going into that. And is that, like, the first time that you remember everybody knowing... Like, going yeah. in, that, yep. that both of these guys are, are going to be gone. I mean, yep. like, that, that that match was set up to fail from the beginning. They when the referee
2: stand. is the most over guy in the match,
0: that
1: might be right. a problem. Well, that was all just a saving grace, right? I mean, they just knew, you know, once the contract stuff came out, I mean, you had just fans immediately. Since once the news broke, they turned on this thing. Yeah. And what, again, goes back, you know, it, when you're talking about those dream marquees, For that ultimate draw to put those two up there, you know, in your build and your advertisement. And and that right there could possibly be one of the biggest letdowns in WrestleMania history. You know, for for what should have been the hype, what should have been the
2: draw on it. If you were Vince, shouldn't you have somehow, some way signed Goldberg for another month and then leaked it out there that he was still around? He'd be wrestling the next baby. Just, I don't know, just to keep some sort of semblance of interest in the match. Like, oh my God, like that leaks out. I would have, maybe Goldberg didn't want to. But like, hey, man, I'll give you another date. We'll give you another million or whatever the fuck. But crazy that that leaked out and they did nothing about it. And everyone knew.
0: I, I I don't think the office was prepared or realized how big of a thing the internet was at that time.
2: I'm not sure that Vince realizes it now, let alone at that time. So also, just to throw that out there, WrestleMania 19 against Angle, He's very good, but obviously there is that screw up. But I just interviewed Kurt, which will be out next week, by the way. Um, he says that that screw up is great because it's so memorable; everybody remembers it. He was he was trying to like flip it and talk about the positives of it, but man, they even edit it out when you rewatch it. They try to edit it out and almost make it like he jumps and then he lands, and they they don't want you to see him land on his head and obviously he gets a concussion. But that's one of those things where man, he should not have tried to shoot in star press. He double pumped and did it. He should have just relaxed and and maybe just did the single or not do it at all. It's cut it out and just go for the F5. Uh, Is that the scariest
0: move in pro wrestling? The, The shooting star press. I mean, because like, even when you look at the physics of how a shooting star press works, you're jumping forward and backward at the same time. Like, I remember Billy Kidman was, like, the master of the shooting star press. And I can't tell you how many times I saw Kidman botch that move. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. it, it's just, it's so, the, the, it's actually like a diving move more than it is a wrestling move. It's a, like something that you would do off of a freaking diving board. The whole jumping forward, jumping backwards at the same time just that might be the scariest move in all of pro wrestling that like nobody talks about.
1: I said, so they'd they look good Jargo, but I I'm with you. I don't know what the, what the uh, ROI is on that. If it's worth
0: it. Right. Osprey's been doing it all of a sudden again, too. Just like out of nowhere, he started using a shooting star again, you know, but let alone somebody the size of Brock Lesnar trying to do a shooting star press. Like, and I know that he, that used to be his finish in OVW, but my God, no, no, there's, there's no reason to see Brock Lesnar doing a shooting star
2: press. So then he fights Triple H in his return at 29, which we talked about, which is awful. Horrible match, horrible finish, just didn't like anything about it. WrestleMania 30, some unfortunate circumstances happen. Undertaker is concussed, and that's kind of why the match wasn't as good as it should have been. And he gets the win, which was shocking and to me, awesome. I thought it was great that he won and okay, broke the streak, but crazy to the match because of the
0: circumstances. You, you say that match is not as good as it could have been. I love that match. And one of the things that I love about that match is it feels so damn authentic. Like, that match feels like a real fight. There ain't nothing pretty about it. That was just two big dudes going out there and having a fight. I love that match. Rick, I'm guessing you love that match, too.
1: I, I agree 100% with you. It, and I think it, it, those that really are negative on that thing it's because they have become so schooled and just where they believe that the floor routine is a normalized art and act inside of professional wrestling. Now, they're supposed to be out there mimicking a real fight. Mm-hmm. That thing looked like a bar brawl. It and looked like two guys throwing down out back over whatever the hell they wanted to, you know, whatever the case might've been the issue. It, it had that raw authentic feel to it.
0: That when when Brock Lesnar starts getting into the whole beast incarnate kind of era of Brock Lesnar, I love that about him, you know, and and especially the finish with Brock going over, it was like, What the hell just happened? Like, did Brock just decide that he was going to beat the Undertaker? Because even if the Undertaker was like, No, I'm I'm going over here, if Brock Lesnar wants to go over. Brock Lesnar's going over. Like you're not going to stop him. He has that sense, and Rousey has a little bit of this too, where you know, if you punch Brock Lesnar just the wrong way, Braun Strowman. Yeah. Brock Lesnar's gonna light your ass up, and there ain't a damn thing you can do about it. And and I think that was the thing about that Undertaker match was, oh my God, did did did, did someone make that, do call? that because Brock wanted to do that? Or was that the way that was supposed to go? I, I, I
1: love that match. Jagger, it was you that shared the uh, the open sit-down that Heyman had overseas. Mm-hmm. And remember, it was him that said, you know, everybody's questioning. You know, who made this call? Why would Vince do this? He said, let me pose this question to, you, uh, to the audience. He said, what if that wasn't the call? And Brock Lesnar made that decision on his. And that's the, that's the major appeal with Brock. That's why he's on another level. I mean, beyond the physical attributes and and truly the natural charisma, the body language. When he's out there, he doesn't need to speak on a microphone to get over it, but it it is that raw. Anything can happen at at a snap of his fingers. It can get
0: real, very real. I will never forget that time. Braun Strowman freaking need Brock Lesnar in the head a little bit too hard. And Brock Lesnar hit that big son of a bitch with one punch. And suddenly Strowman is weak in the knees. And it's just like
1: holy shit, dude! And it, it, it what and what you saw there at that WrestleMania, the end of the streak, that feeling that you had with Brock at the end of that match—that is absolutely what they need to start building immediately towards next year's WrestleMania mm-hmm. between Brock and the last and Lashley. Yep. That with those two dogs. Anything could happen here. This could get very, very real, very quick, and it's must see, and only in the WWE.
2: I wasn't feeling that match as much as much as you guys were, but I love the finish. I love the fact that Lesnar went over. I felt like he really needed that after that disappointing loss to Triple H. I feel like that loss literally crippled him, made him not. Like a big draw, like he should have been. It's like, oh, wow, this guy lost already. He fucking mania a Triple H, of all people. Like, well, the when, the they brought,
1: when they brought him back, he lost to Cena right away because they had to get Cena back win.
2: So the Cena loss, the Triple H loss is like, holy shit. Like this guy, I guess he's not a main player. Then he beats Undertaker, and now look, still drawing power that we're begging to be in the main event of SummerSlam or Mania coming up. Yeah,
0: the, the Triple H loss feels like it was kind of the beginning of that whole new era of Brock Lesnar where he just became unbeatable after that loss.
2: Did you like WrestleMania 31? He gets the loss here with the Reigns match is good, and I really liked the way he was building that. Lesnar was basically bullying the guy around, but he wouldn't give up. Typical monster heel against his babyface who isn't small at all but compared to lesnar is small then rollins comes in and steals the win at the time i liked it but looking back i don't know it's kind of like a little bit of a cheap wrestlemania finish to have a money in the bank cash in as, as the finale um look at what well, at the time i liked it those good booking especially because um, Rollins lost o- o- earlier in the night to orton so then that it's like a, a feud that could happen. He already lost to him. Now he's the champion. He could fight with Orton. But to me, I was like, right, looking back, I don't know if I like that. It's kind of a cheap finish. Greatest
0: RKO ever in that uh, Seth Rollins and Randy Orton match. Uh, I love that RKO. Um, the, the reality of that entire situation is Seth Rollins should not have been there. But we all know that that was like full board the rejection of Roman Reigns. Yes. And that was the reason that Seth Rollins was interjected into that match was to give them an out without Brock taking a pin and without Roman getting a victory because they could not afford for Roman to take the championship at that point.
1: I heard the uh, the original plan was for Brock to win. Uh, then Hawk Hogan was gonna come out and challenge him immediately. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but hey go, you know,
2: go back and watch the crowd loved it, at WrestleMania Nine when Hogan.
1: We I was gonna say, you know, again we can we can kind of break it down now, you know, looking back on that moment. But, I mean, that, that cash, that it, it, it was pretty incredible. I mean, you know, everyone really got excited for that thing. So it was a yeah, great moment, especially, you know, for WrestleMania and for Money in the Bank. It was well, shocking. Yep.
0: And it was, how in the hell are they going to get out of this match? Because y- you knew that that audience was going to turn on that match. You knew that going into it. They had booked themselves into a corner, and we all forgot about Plan Z you know plan z seth rollins comes out and cashes in takes the championship and we were all oh duh we we totally should have seen that coming
1: well we we did we had never seen that before right inside of a match you know it was always
2: post-match
0: yeah no it was genius Uh, it was just really really smart way to book themselves out of the corner
2: wrestlemania 32 versus dean ambrose totally not up to lesnar level as far as like Match quality-wise, it, eh, it was okay. It was a brawl, whatever. But Ambrose, man, he did not deserve to be in that match. I just wasn't feeling it at all. I'm like, wow, so Lesnar got total. I know injuries played a huge factor in this, but well, Lesnar got the shaft in this show, and he could have had a better opponent, but he just did. I was like, man, that kind of disappointing. Very well, the, disappointing in that.
0: The problem there was Moxley, Ambrose, whatever the hell you want to call him, um, he should not have been in that position. Brock Lesnar knew that he should not be in that position and yes. Brock Lesnar gave him nothing, not a damn thing. Brock Lesnar did not want to do business with John Moxley. And that was very, very evident in that match. And all of the great ideas that I have heard that were thrown out for that match, that Lesnar was just like, yeah, I'm not doing that.
2: <laughs> no. And it's funny too, because Lesnar against smaller guys is awesome. AJ Styles, and not to say that Moxley's smaller guy, but compared to him, he's a lot especially at this point, a lot, a lot smaller. But AJ, great match. Finn Balor, great match. Jane O'Brien, awesome match. He likes those younger guys he could or smaller guys, excuse me, that he could throw around and Ambrose fits that character, but he just didn't like him. He's obviously Moxley isn't in any of those three guys' league yet, by the way. But it just it's funny, like you would think that maybe he would have gave him. He didn't give him you're right, didn't give him shit. Well, you got to think
1: a lot of that. You look at this point, we are talking about WrestleMania. And yeah, Brock's had some great matches with maybe outside of Finn. But but uh, he might have been familiar with Finn stuff from Japan if he was still because at least he had the name there. So there there was name value. So now they're talking about WrestleMania. We're going through this list. I mean, the names we have talked about, even going back in the terrible Goldberg batch, you know, Kurt Angle, I mean, Triple H, uh, Roman Reigns, uh, The Undertaker, Oh, this year we got you working with this Ambrose guy. Yeah, you know, and even in, in, he's probably in his mind like, "Uh, oh, I'm getting paid. Let's go out there. Let's get this thing done." And you probably got, you know, Max Ambrose is, is so excited for something. He's pitching all this stuff, and let's just, no, I, I don't do that because you know he's pitching some some garbage combat zone style stuff, right?
0: That's Ambrose is gonna
1: have no interest. Being in that business.
0: Like when you talk about guys like Styles and Balor, uh, guys that go out there and are just absolute bump machines that create a lot of movement, they work great with Lesnar. And you would think that Moxley would be that kind of guy that, because I mean, we've seen Ambrose Moxley, he takes some insane bumps. Absolutely. But he doesn't necessarily create a lot of movement. There's not a whole lot of technique involved to it. We should have kind of saw it coming that it was just, it was a terrible clash in styles because if it comes down to a fight and and in Lesnar's mind, this makes sense. If this thing is going to come down to a fight, Dean Ambrose is going to come out here, the lunatic fringe. He is going to try to fight Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar crushes him just oh, absolutely destroys him. It's it's like, it's like not a stick-and-move kind of approach like somebody like a Finn Balor or a Daniel Bryan is going to bring into a match against Brock Lesnar, try to outthink him. It was Ambrose is going to try to out-brawl, the brawler of brawlers.
1: And here's what you got here. Ambrose is probably pitching going back to the extreme style, the, the combat zone wrestling style. Well, I'll bring these. Wet. Brock's probably like, you're not hitting me with any of that. Yeah, so I'm taxed
0: the fuck I am.
1: Yeah. You know, you're not going to hit me with a barbed wire bat. What if the with any of that? And, and then Ambrose is probably putting a twist just so he can get that visual in there. We're like, well, you, you use them on me. And Lesnar's probably just like, no, I'll just punch you. If I want you to bleed, I yeah, want to like, hurt you. I got my weapons right here.
0: What do I need a barbed wire bat for? I'm Brock fucking Lesnar,
2: right? WrestleMania 33 versus Goldberg. And at this point, you hear the rumblings, even Heyman has admitted in interviews, they were looking for someone for Goldberg to wrestle. Even the year prior for the Survivor Series, when Goldberg has that awesome quick pin and really beats him quickly, they were dying for somebody to wrestle. So when Goldberg came back, Heyman played a big role in bringing him back, their boys, and Lesnar's like, finally, I'm going to make some money with this guy. He's believable. He's my size. This is good. So Goldberg had that awesome return, beats him quickly. They have the rematch, basically, at um, WrestleMania 33. I love this match just because it's short, it's sweet, it's impactful. They beat the shit out of each other. I think it's five minutes. Uh, If if you count the stuff going on outside the ring before the match, it's like seven minutes. But it's like short, sweet, and I don't know. I really liked the match. I I was like, thank God it ain't Ambrose or somebody of of that ilk. At least this guy's got you know name value. I was always a Goldberg guy. I know he's not a work rate guy or anything, but I just always enjoyed him just as an ass kicker and charisma and and just his look and everything else about him. So you know, Lesnar was loving the fact that. He gets to work with this guy who he respects and who's actually, you know, his size. Yeah. Ricky, Ricky, uh, anything, anything there? You, you seem no, like. I the, know, um.
1: I, no, I, I agree with I agree with you on it. I, I know it, it was just one of those, all, you know, people still had that sour taste in their mouth from, you know, the first match there, hoping they can make it up to me. This is what you want out of this thing. You got two established names, they, they look legit. And, and that, that is more so for. It's not for the modern smirk.
2: That, that was more for your crossover, your casual, and that's who they drew. Yeah, it was a sprint, and it was a good sprint. Not the main event either. Reigns, Undertaker is the main event that night. So I think that also that just helped. Adds, that helped, absolutely. Uh, the WrestleMania 34, he beats Roman Reigns again. Decent match, but it was just interesting because you think Reigns is finally going to get the win. And then eventually that SummerSlam that year, Reigns finally goes over Lesnar. But, man, it was quite a a stumble there. He just couldn't beat Brock, which to me was good because it just keeps Lesnar as this big major draw. Then 35 happens, and he loses to Rollins in the first match in a pretty short match. It was like three minutes. I just thought it would be a lot, a lot better. The crowd was really kind of not into Rollins at all at this point in time. So I feel like even then, uh, Lesnar probably should have won. Then... Lesnar eventually wins money. The bank wins the title, then loses again to Rollins in a better match at SummerSlam. But to me, it showed you like, okay, Rollins. is not the guy he's beaten. Your big draw, your big, you know, your big guy, the, the big money guy. And you still couldn't get over strong. So I just felt like Rollins was the wrong guy. Shouldn't, shouldn't have went over. Yeah, I think it was just
1: the wrong guy. It would be in that spot as you know, just you're laying it out there and I'm kind of just, reliving it in my head. It's like, man, it just, you know, just wasn't good for Rollins.
0: I want to say it was extreme rules when Rollins returned from that horrible knee injury, right? And the place explodes. People were so into Rollins. And then the next night on Raw, they have him come out and tell
1: people what terrible human beings they are. Where were yeah. you when I was in the house? But you know, they were, cause you'd see it on, you seen it online. you have seen it on social media, the outpour people were so hungry for Rollins. They, they wanted him to come back and kind of claim that Roman spot.
0: And that was the death of Seth Rollins was that Monday night raw when, when he came out and when they brought him back as a heel inexplicably mm-hmm. when he was just the explosion for that baby face. That was as, that was the beginning of the downfall of as forced, that whole situation with Brock.
1: As forced as Roman was as a face as that baby, they were forcing
2: Rollins so hard that other way to be the heel. Yep. So Drew McIntyre gets the win in WrestleMania 36. Very short match. Kind of sucked the circumstances of it. If it's in front of a live crowd, I feel like Drew, like at Royal Rumble, got over big time by just eliminating. Lesnar from the Rumble, just right guy to me, wrong place, wrong time. It just sucked, we haven't seen Lesnar since. I can see what, you know that WrestleMania itself, because they
1: they had were taping that thing all week in tough. case things had come up. They were taping probably. things in segments. I mean, they were running it like an actual movie. It, you could feel it throughout that entire show that it was hard for you know for all the talents to keep a flow going, but you really could feel, it, especially in that match.
0: Do you think if that match happens in front of fans, that that is the same match that we get?
1: No, I think I we, I we go either. to a, I think we go to another level. Uh, I and, think they realize yeah. the magnitude of it. Uh, You know, Brock's going to give him such a better performance. You're going to get so much more emotion out of Drew. Uh, if, yeah, if, no, you know, if that thing is, is down there in tampa in front of you know whatever they, they can get there the 80 90 000 that they could pack in that place i think we're talking about one of you know there was great wrestlemania moments
0: and i do not think that you get brock lesnar back until you get fans back i do not think that brock lesnar is going to work in front of the the covid era it just the the, the entire gimmick just doesn't work i can't wait though for when Brock Lesnar returns as a conquering babyface to take out the head of the table. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm totally down to see a Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns match if Brock Lesnar is the babyface with Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman on the other side. I I want to see that dynamic. I want I want people to be able to cheer Brock Lesnar. I want to cheer Brock Lesnar. He's an ass-kicking dude who does not give a shit about your kids. I can relate to that.
1: He's a fighter. And right? that's what you should have. Here. Yep. A guy's going to go out there and just take care of business. Uh, but, Jarko, we're talking about Brock coming back. If he wants to come back without fans, his payday, whatever. Even why would you? I mean, he's not going to work television. So, you're just, it, even, I don't even know if he would have just. Maybe he'd boost a little bit of your rating, but you're just going to want him to drive that interest to, to, I don't know, to, man. to, to I, build your gate. To, you I know, don't to, know. I,
0: I really think that if you put to to Brock cop, was if you put Brock Lesnar, <laughs> sell the cock. If you put Brock Lesnar on Friday night, SmackDown uh, opposite of Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman. And even if Brock Lesnar only shows up once a month for like three months, I guarantee you the ratings are going to be higher on those three shows than the, uh, the rest of them. You know, I, I think Brock Lesnar would oh, actually I, I change agree the with, I
1: agree with you there. I mean, what do you think it would be so significant I
0: think it would be substantial. I really do.
1: Okay. Now, if you're, if you're Vincent and company and you realize this, we're having a real conversation that it's going to be a overwhelming increase in ratings. Is that a little deterrent to not do it? Because then the rest of the time, it's going to continue to suck. Then you have those executives at Fox saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why is this working? Why aren't you paying him more? that just Brockton just, again, begins to demand more and more. So, yeah. I, I mean, unless you're absolutely, your your balls are in the fire right now, which it seems that they can continue to just, you know, pull the blanket over these, over these network's eyes, that they're not seeing how bad this is. Yeah. Do you expose yourself by bringing in a Brock for that?
0: Let's say that you have Brock Lesnar confirmed for WrestleMania next year. All right. We are definitely going to have Brock Lesnar. He is definitely going to be in the main event of WrestleMania next year. Do you do Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns or do you do Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley?
1: I, I immediately go Lashley. Right. I immediately go Roman. Roman go doesn't. Ryan. Roman doesn't have that crossover appeal I you don't know, think Lashley still, does either. I, I, I mean, I, I, as much as I love Bobby Lashley, let's face
0: it, dude he, he's fought in Bellator, and when you look at Bellator I, versus I, UFC, the, the the comparison's not even remote. People
1: closed. people have seen a lot of Roman already. He is that guy that crossed over. You you begin to introduce Bobby into that, and you and when you do, you're you're highlighting his background from the military training to his professional fighting. To me, that has you have got a greater opportunity to grow your audience than going back to to the whole Roman situation again.
0: I think rather than going prize fight between Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley, you bring back Brock Lesnar and you have a personal issue with Paul Heyman involved with Roman Reigns because it's not just Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. It's also Brock Lesnar versus Paul Heyman.
1: Where, where have they ever told us that they have anything personal? They've always told us it was business. Well, it was I mean, maybe Brock, personal. Brock it can was maybe, make it personal real maybe quick. It was personal, hurt. Paul, but they've never pitched us that it was personal.
2: Yeah, but we're going to find Lesner. out. We're going to find out that it, it is personal. There you go, right me, hey, I mean, are going to find life, out.
1: You you want to put him on television? Then you just go up and shoot a bunch of vignettes that you can start running where he's in a training camp, and you give that real presentation that you've got. Lesnar and Lashley going to camp, like going to train, train, train. you, you bring bringing out where it looks like something from Bellator, from a big you know a big boxing bout, from UFC, they got their entire camps coming out. You've loaded that thing up with sponsors. I mean, you you completely recreate that look for that match at WrestleMania. It's so, me, you're stepping outside, and it goes back to what we were talking about. It, anything could happen. This could get very real, where I don't think you get that with Roman Reigns, because ultimately I still feel that If he wanted to, Lesnar could just crush him.
2: But but wouldn't it be great, though, if Lesnar came back and was like, Paul, you don't return my phone calls. The hell's going on now? You're with this guy? He could totally kind of play it up, and they could make it into a personal issue. Plus, Reigns can win now because he could cheat. I, I don't pause,
1: do you really see Brock Lesnar picking up a phone call to call it, it it's always had to have been Heyman <laughs> calling him. I don't know. Maybe I, I, don't he, Les, oh, I don't see Les I don't see Lesnar, you know, losing much
2: sleep if someone's not answering his phone calls. But maybe he'd noticed his bank account is is running low, or like where's his money, Paul, or what's going on here? You know, you can make it more human or more realistic. Now, I, I could Brock. give
1: you that. You know, if uh, if Brock could somehow find out that uh that Heyman quote unquote Jewed him
2: <laughs> out of some funds. Or Heyman or, brings him back thinking that they're gonna be a tag team, and Brock is like, Hell no. I I wanna hear promos
0: between Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. Just make damn sure that you got your finger on that seven now, second see, delay.
1: I'd have I'd I'd love to see him come back where they do reunite and you give me Lashley Lesnar at the training, the intensity, the body language, the charisma that they have. And then we have the verbal joust between MVP and Paul Heyman.
0: I think one of the biggest misconceptions in the history of professional wrestling is that Brock Lesnar needed a mouthpiece. He doesn't. He doesn't in any way, shape or form. No. You go back and watch him when he was in UFC, Brock Lesnar can talk. He just plays the monster that doesn't really, really well. I, I, hey, I don't, look at I, don't need, stuff.
1: I don't need sprinkles on my ice cream but it makes it so much nicer right and that's what Heyman was you know what I could see you could you could get almost a year-long
0: build out of this you could almost do a mega powers explode kind of thing where not necessarily where they're a tag team but where you have you know Brock on Monday Night Raw And he goes and he wins the WWE championship with Paul Heyman by his side. And then you have Roman Reigns over on SmackDown as the universal champion with Paul Heyman by his side. And you have like, you know, the, the, the little Paul Heyman family, and maybe you've got both champions in the ring posing together at the same time. And we do, oh my gosh, are you ready for it? Champion versus champion
1: title for title
0: Brock Lesnar Versus Roman
1: Reigns. I, I, there you go. See, we, we talked it out. Now we got both of our ideas. There you go. Yeah, build to the lastly match. You get through that big cellar. And, and you now... just use,
0: you use Heyman as that fulcrum to kind of play them back and forth off of one another. Where Heyman has to choose which one of his monsters does he want to be in the corner of.
1: Hey, you know, when when you're dealing with Paul Heyman in the middle and you've got personalities, you know, larger than light figures, mega stars like like Lesnar and, and Reigns, you're playing
2: with dangerous alliances. Ooh,
0: <laughs> yes! We can do an entire
2: story arc! <laughs> Woo! So, let's, you know, recap and wrap it up here. So, who do you think is the worst in many history? I, I just have to go Triple H. I, there's no... I, I was talk, saying Lesnar just to get his name out there because there was a couple disappointing matches, but there's no way he's even close. Triple H, and I think Miz, and, and Mark Henry, and Batista, those guys are miles behind.
0: I I think it's Hunter in a landslide on this one.
2: I, I, still, I still hate to say worst. Get uh, some
1: performances there, but I for for the point of this conversation, no how we're gonna label it, Triple H.
2: So the Click has dominated. Damn. Triple H is the worst and Michaels is the best. Makes sense.
0: They are the most influential group in pro wrestling history. I mean, when you really get down to it, the click, absolutely. Though those four guys when you look at what their their ramifications on the pro wrestling history over the course of the last thirty years, it's hard to argue
1: best and worst. I guess you could also argue. I mean, it's. I mean, who was his? You know, Triple H's mentor, his Mister WrestleMania. So he like overly tried to be able to take that crown. You know, to, to to get somewhere next to burn as bright as that flame.
0: It's the story of his career. Whether it's Ric Flair, whether it's Shawn Michaels, the it Rock, was just
1: yeah. Austin. Absolutely. Always the Guinea, never the pig. But, but in the end, he will have ultimately probably amongst those names, the most influence over this business for
2: better or worse. Mm -hmm. So before we wrap it up and finish, just a few other quick topics. We'll get your, uh, you guys opinion on this. So who is the best one night performance? Like, or what is the best one night performance at mania? Thinking back, to me, Brian always, at thirty. I knew, me. Say, I knew you were gonna. I knew you're gonna say Brian thirty. For me, I might have to go Bret Hart at WrestleMania ten, just because I love. I was there, obviously, kind of, <laughs> kind of uh, pushed me in that direction. Good the way. Owen match is awesome, and, and the Yoko. And I know exactly what Rick's gonna say. Macho we, we,
1: Mania four. Go way yep. back to the tournament. Yep. Something we've never seen before, I and, and I know. You know, fans have to realize too. You know, we didn't have these marathons where every match was supposed to be, you know, spot after spot over the top. You built towards those bigger moments, but to see the list of names that were involved in that tournament, the the beyond that we sat in awe of the true megastars, and to see Macho go through that and and do something we had never seen on that scale in WWE—simply incredible. I would have said overall, though, I I run them neck and neck, but man, Brian at thirty. And it, awesome. you know, We talk about energies yeah. and moments and what they mean. That was great. Uh, and that was beyond incredible. And that's one of those, you know, those fans really rallied behind macho there. So they felt it was a part of their moment that they were really bringing a new star, but there was no greater investment than I've ever seen in professional wrestling than the yes movement.
2: What about the greatest Moment, one thing, greatest moment, in WrestleMania history.
1: Personally, Warrior getting the win over Hogan. Damn you! Damn it. All
2: hmm. right, I know this what you're is... going to say, Jargo. I already know it. I, look oh. at, I think we're all we're all guessing what the other one's going to throw out. I here. know what you're going to say. What, what am I going to say? WrestleMania nine when Heenan comes out with the uh, the camel.
0: Well, that that that's absolutely my personal favorite.
2: But I, <laughs> if 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 I am going to be objective,
0: the greatest WrestleMania moment mm-hmm. in history is "I love you, I'm sorry" superkick.
2: That's where I thought you were going. I will go Hogan slamming Andre. Hogan winning at WrestleMania three. That's because, the one
0: I was playing against. "I love you, I'm yeah. sorry" superkick.
2: Because every video that they ever start off is. Oh, he's going to do it. Hogan slamming Andre. And just another one to throw out there that I absolutely love because it's the tie Turner, Austin. The Austin era has begun. And him on the rope holding up the belt and, and, J- and JR going nuts.
0: Another of my personal favorites is when Jericho kicks HBK in the balls. Awesome. That was an awesome moment, (laughs) especially after they hug. Yeah. Yeah. After, after everything, those two guys had just went through after, you know, all this respect, you have Mr. WrestleMania kind of passing the torch to Jericho with the embrace there at the end. And Jericho's like, yeah, I don't need none of this shit. (laughs) Just kicks him right square
2: in the dick. So great. So great. The best is that he catches him and lets him fall and he pushes him. That's great. Great stuff. I was just watching the uh, Austin Jericho interview, and they were talking about how Michaels put the first half together, Jericho put the second half together, and they put it together. I was like, wow, that's great. Like, to kind of get that insight of like, holy shit, they both are on the same exact wavelength, like worker, yeah. worker, rise, what they wanted. One couldn't think of the end, one couldn't think of the beginning. They go, okay, sh- there's the match. Just awesome I, to hear that. It's even funny because add on that story you're talking
1: about, their pauses didn't, in that where Jericho he was like out at like a. A Walmart or like a champs or something. He was in there trying to get some Put it on a napkin. Well, he asked the, uh, the cashier, the print off receipt. Okay. Paper. That's what it was. So she's just running all this up and he's writing this finish right there in the middle of the store, like gives the, the checkout line back up as he's writing down this finish. And he's so excited. He runs to, to Sean and say, dude, I, I got this finish. Right. He's like, I got something for the match. And Sean's like, I got something for the match. And they both realized that one had the, the open and one had the finish. And they just figured it out from there.
0: That might be my most underrated match in WrestleMania history. That match is freaking fantastic and people just don't talk enough about it.
2: 100%. Match is awesome. One of the ones i like to go back if you just want to like watch one match mm-hmm. and or you're know, just randomly like whatever pops up that match always pops up to me. It's like, man, so forgotten especially cuz Hogan is on that show and, and Rock and Austin like you almost forget it's there but it's awesome. Great great match. What is the greatest WrestleMania feud of all time? It's got to be
0: Rock and Austin.
2: I was
1: going to say, is is there another one? I mean, you look at the box office, you you look at the intensity, where professional wrestling was at. It's got to be Rock and
0: Austin. I mean, that was incredible. Um, Although you could make a case for Cena and Rock
2: too. I'm going to make a case for... I know match weight wise and it didn't happen, but it led to Mania blowing up Hogan Andre, which actually was a year arc, which led to WrestleMania 4. And then that arc was so awesome, it led to one of my favorite feuds, which was another year long build. So it was like one into the other into the other Hogan versus Savage. So it was like three years. Of this epic feud and Hogan's in the middle, going from one guy to the other.
0: Well, I think it's I think it's even bigger than that because really, if you want to get down to that, that all falls into the Bobby Heenan Hulk Hogan thing going all the way back to the AWA. Because if you remember, even when that feud really, really kicked off, when it really started, was when Andre basically revealed that he was with Heenan and Hogan completely loses his mind.
1: What are you doing with him, brother? Yeah, well, I even say so you could even look. Yeah, you know, Paj, you put that twist in there where it evolved towards Macho Man, but really, I mean, I mean, let's you know go behind the curtain. At three, you have the moment, and again, I know we've regularly talked about it. That's when Andre made WrestleMania. And we talk about all these great performers and all that, but Andre made it right there. But what else did we talk about from three? So you kind of have a little bit of a feud brewing there. You got Savage and Steamboat going out there and putting on the match of the night. Maybe not the moment, but the match of the night, a match that we still talk about is one of the greatest here. That you, so you got that at three. At four, you got macho in the tournament there, but who's got a pose? Who's kind of taking that shine? You know, then you go to five. So you you kind of had this ball rolling where maybe they're not butting heads the entire time, but it's starting to brew inside the fans. Who right. should who is really the biggest star in this company?
2: Who should be the top dog? Rick, were you disappointed that Valentine beat Steamboat because the, whoever won that match was fighting Savage? You could have got Savage Steamboat too. What the hell, Vince? I, I it's remember easy that. to book that.
1: Absolutely, absolutely remember that. It'll be interesting because I know that Valentine. He's been doing some rounds of interviews lately. I'd love to hear his take on that. You know, because yeah, no kidding. L- listening, to, I've listened to quite a few of the clips. Uh, a very confident, very confident indiv- individual.
2: You gotta love the hammer, but. So this is basically part four and we'll finish Mr. WrestleMania there. We talked about the feud. We talked about moment. We talked about performance. We talked about the worst. We talked about the best. We talked about who is Mr. WrestleMania. Fortunately, it wasn't Hogan and the being Shawn Michaels, but whatever. I digress. I'll have to let that go. Triple H is definitely the worst. I just want to throw that out there again, but we talked about so many great things part of WrestleMania. I think that's great to end that four parter, but that will not end it for me and you guys, because I have a, Feeling you might be interested in this one Because Jargo mentioned it the other week Bullet Club Day Bullet Club is the greatest faction of all time I was actually thinking about this and I was like man who is the best faction? A buddy of mine said, "Oh, definitely the Four Horsemen." Was going crazy about the Four Horsemen, and I said, "No way! I think it's the NWO." So, not to get into it now and, and to go into it, but I just think we need to do. Maybe next week, we need to jump into who is the greatest faction of all time and break it down. We could talk DX and Evolution and all the WWE, you know, factions and stuff. But I know uh, you're thinking Bullet Club. My buddy was really hammering home because he's an old school Mark was hammering home with the Horsemen, but I think it might be the end. Wow, so, but we'll, we'll see. But uh, just a food for thought for uh, for next week on who is this? Who is series That's it, that we're kind of coming up with here? But any parting remarks or words? Sort we'll start with Rick as far as WrestleMania is concerned. Well, I see. You know, this, this has been a blast, and I know it's kind of spun off
1: into the, its own creation of its own. And again, thank all the people for the tremendous feedback every week. So many people reaching out, people that I'd never spoken to before. Uh, that found me and just talked about, you know, how much they enjoyed the conversation and the detail that, that we put into it. Uh, so it's been tremendous conversation. WrestleMania, it's just a great time reflecting back uh, on, you know, what we have come to love in professional wrestling and how it's been highlighted on the greatest stage. I, I, now, as I'm sitting here thinking about other big WrestleMania moments, I do want those it might have been the fifth of whiskey I had that day, but when Roman Reigns beat the Undertaker, for some reason, I cried like a baby what yep I, I don't know why i just started crying <laughs> uncontrollably
0: yeah I, I think i would lean towards the whiskey on that one rick i, I I'm, I'm quite sure that that's what that was
2: could be on um, the taker he thought he was retiring I, I did i thought he was
1: leaving i don't I, and i don't know why it affected me that way but
0: <laughs> this has been a lot of fun uh because this all started just from an offhand comment and we we came on once and we thought that this was going to be like a one hour episode and now here we are like you know what four and a half hours into uh this entire series kind of tuck on a life of its own um i you know i i can make cases for the nwo i can make cases for the four horsemen um but triple h is just going to have to bring them all in for wrestlemania and bury them next year since <laughs> dx what didn't make the cut you know so <laughs>
2: Oh, oh they'll be they'll be spoken about. it's gonna be an interesting week with some
1: studying on this one. Cause I mean yeah, you, you go back it. to you know to the territory the days, there were some you know and what they meant regionally. There there's some there's some interesting groups to talk about.
2: There's no doubt about that. But as we wrap it up here, let's get into plugs. You could follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out the website, tmptempire.com. And of course, Patreon, patreon patreon.com slash tmptempire. And while you're at it, check out the new T Public store. I just put out all new Two Man Power Trip merchandise. Good shit on there. RBV, what do you got?
1: It's a good looking merch. Good looking merch for the Two Man Power Trip. Uh, Usually at this time, I would put over something with the Hobby Media Group, but I, I, from my understanding, we have a big announcement coming up. It's going to, it's going to hit the social media platforms and hit the airwaves, I guess this weekend. So stay tuned for that. So if you just want to keep up with that, just follow across all social media, just search the Hameen Media Group. Big announcement on the way. Me personally, all things RBV at the real RBV.
0: Find me at not Jargo, MichaelJargo.com and, uh. Hopefully I'll be back in uh, everybody's ear holes soon as we get uh, things moving here. I think this will probably be the last podcast recorded inside of the studio. So I'm I'm looking forward to getting to the new studio and getting set up
2: and uh, getting back to work. Nice. Good luck there, Mr. Jargo. Thank you, RBV. Thank you, Jargo. Thank you everybody out there for listening. This has been who is Mr. WrestleMania part four. See you next week, folks this has been a John Paz power trip production in conjunction with the two man power trip of wrestling. You could follow us on Instagram and Twitter at two man power trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash TMPT empire to become a patron and also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at pro wrestling two man power trip where the power lies brother.